they send me a card and I get trainings and stuff throughout the year. Like, but I, I basically have a card that says, hey, I'm a member of the Association of Christian Counselors or whatever. Um, and, and otherwise, like I could do nothing all year. And as long as I have that card and go to my trainings, I got it, right? Um, but being a member of the body of Christ isn't like that. It is, a, it is a thing that we become. It changes us. It's an evolving process for all people. You're not instantly perfect, but, but you know, you're on your way there. And so um, we're going to be talking about that. And we're going to start with a, a topic that is near and dear to me. Um, and, and before we do that, I want to I talk for a second. I, I, I like opening with an illustration, right? And I, I wanted to talk about, um, so when I was in high school, I mean, most of y'all went to high school, right? And, and some of y'all, like, competed in sports and earned a thing that you wore on your jacket. You know what I'm talking about? A letter, right? And, and guys who earned that letter, and, and some of y'all were homeschooled, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> but, but uh, you know, that letter, when I was in high school, that was a big deal. Like, those guys were cool, Right? And they, they were cooler than me until I earned my letter. That's right. I, I earned a letter in high school in competitive public speaking. Um, <laughs> and ta- yeah, so basically like my, my God-given talent of, of talking. Uh, but the cool thing is none of those guys I knew who played football went professional. I talk for a living. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> The words and talking are a powerful thing, right? I mean, you can move people to do great things. You can inspire people to, to like, try harder and accomplish great stuff. You can, um, you can teach and inform. You can do all kinds of things with words. On the other end of it, words are, are kind of a double-edged sword. And this is like the plague of my own life. Words are really easy to hurt people with if you're careless and stupid. Isn't it true? Words are really easy to mess yourself up with if you talk yourself into dumb things, right? Um, words are really easy to screw up your relationships. You can do the right thing but say the wrong thing and mess up your, mess up your family, mess up your friendships, mess up your marriage. I mean, like, it's easy. And, like, the thing is that words, they just come out. Isn't it true? I mean, like, they just, they just escape you so quickly. And, and like, for me, I... I tend to be a little quick to speak and slow to think. I know y'all are shocked to hear that. And it, it's easy to hurt people. And it's, it's one of the banes of my existence. I remember once when I was about eight years old or ten years old, maybe I was walking into a mall with my sister and my mom, and I made an offhand remark, and my sister stopped and just started crying. Like, and my mom turned to me and said, you're mean. Like, the way you talk is mean. And, like, that is forever something that I struggle with. And so, like, as I am up here... I know sometimes I say things that are dumb, and I apologize. I try really hard, and I agonize over that stuff. Um, but we're going to talk about words today, and, and you all are going to be like, well, there's kind of a hypocrite on this one. Yeah, I'm doing my best. Jesus isn't done with me yet. I'm forgiven, but I'm not perfect. And I know you all are shocked to hear that. Um, <laughs> so we're going to dive into Psalm 12 here. Um, this is a fun psalm, but i got to give you some background. Uh, we talked about like what it means to act like the body of Christ. Real quick, as a disclaimer, Acting like the body of Christ does not get you into heaven. Got it? You cannot be good enough. You cannot behave well enough. You cannot be perfect enough. You cannot be holier than the next guy enough to make your way into heaven. The only way anybody, anybody is acceptable to God 
is by believing in Jesus. Like Jesus died for our sins and we're forgiven because we believe in him. You cannot work hard enough to undo all that stuff. Like you, you, you cannot work hard enough to make yourself acceptable. God loves you and sent Jesus to be punished in your place for your sins. And that's fantastic. That is like great news, right? Because I'm going to tell you, if it comes to me like overcoming my sins by being good, I'm in trouble. I don't know about all the rest of y'all, but I'm bad at being good. Like, I'm just bad at it. But, like, we are forgiven for free. And not only that, God steps in and starts changing us and becoming, like, making us into different people. And so becoming like the body of Christ is that process. So why do we talk about what it looks like to act like that is because it's important to have a target, right? Um, I, I... I, I do better. Like I did a uh, I did a triathlon earlier this year, and I exercised better when I knew I had a thing to be ready for, right? Um, I when I was in grad school, I did better when I had something to study for than when I was just reading on my own. Um, and so this is our target. This is what we're working towards. Everybody with me still? Everyone's still awake? All right. I know it's like service time change. It throws us all off. Um, so. Words, curses, praises in the Old Testament, um, there was an understanding. Actually, this applies into the New Testament. There's an understanding that's different, okay? And we all know the phrase, right? Sticks and stones, right? But words, okay. In the ancient world, they didn't believe any of that nonsense, okay? In the ancient world, what they believed was if you said something negative to someone, it was like a curse that you put on them. Right. We don't really abide by that now. But they believed that, like, if you like if I said something really nasty about, I don't know, Michael, um, that it, <laughs> it might be true. But Michael would then have to, like, back up and come up with some sort of incantation or something to protect himself. It was a super common belief in the ancient world. Right. Like it just everybody just believed it is that speaking negative over other folks was enough to create negative circumstances. There are folks that preach that today. We don't. It's not biblical. I'm sorry. I'm just talking about their culture. And so in context, it's important to understand what they thought. Um, So that is curses and then praises. The other thing is, like, saying something nice about someone. Like, if I were to say something about Michael that was nice, I'd be lying. (laughs) It would be that nice thing I said about him was more than just me wishing him well or saying nice stuff. It was like a spiritual act of drawing goodness on him. And we don't believe that. So, sorry. Um, but words are still powerful, right? And they're powerful in a way that, um, that Ephesians, we're going to dive into Ephesians first before we get to the psalm. Oh, my gosh, he's going to be all over the place. We're never going to have lunch. Um, don't worry, I'll do my best. It's a short psalm. Um, so Ephesians tells us something. Um, Paul is talking about what it means to be the church, and he says, then... We will no longer be infants. He's referring to after you become mature and grown spiritually. We will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by our cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, now watch this. So like when we're immature spiritually, we're thrown about and people can trick us and we don't know anything about who God is. And so we'd be fooled or misled or taught wrong. And then like he says, instead... Watch this. Speaking the truth in love. I'm going to say that again. Speaking the truth in love. I've met folks who will say, I speak the truth in love all the time. And they're willing to tell everyone what they think. But they're a little like a guy with a bat. You know what I mean? Oh, I tell the truth to everyone. No, you're a jerk. Right? Like, like the in love is a very important modifier there. Speaking the truth in love. Hopefully I didn't lose my spot here. 
um, we will grow to become, in every respect, the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. Meaning the destination of the church, where we're heading, is to become that body of Christ, mature and adult, and like we are going to be the body of Christ in this world. So we say, well, you know, I, I heard someone say the other day, these guys met Jesus. I can't believe they met Jesus. The body of Christ, us, we're Jesus in this community. Got it? So like your neighbor has a bad day, we are Jesus to that guy. Someone that you deal with at work is a jerk, you're Jesus to that guy. I had an awful moment years ago. I had a guy who was creating a great deal of stress for me, and I, I spent several weeks fuming about him. And then one day I said, well, I'm going to start praying about this guy, and God will get him. And I, I started, hey, whatever. I'm not very mature. Like, <laughs> uh, I started praying. I'm like, God, this guy, he is such a jerk. And the thing I thought like that popped in my head, I don't know where it came from, was what does Jesus look like when this guy acts like, you know, when he meets you? Like, when you, when you respond to him being a jerk, what does he know about Jesus? About who? And apparently he knew that Jesus was obnoxious and talked back and raised his voice sometimes. And, you know, and I had to become this different person. And it was awful, right? It was hard, but it made me better. Um, but that's the reality is that we are Jesus' body. We are his voice. We're his everything in this world. And people know Jesus by talking to you. And that's why this is such a big deal because if you are his people, you're reflecting him. Um, from him, from him, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love, um, as each part does its work. The big important thing is he starts with this. Paul starts with it. I think he starts with it on purpose, speaking the truth in love. Part of being the body of Christ is speaking the truth in love. It means knowing the truth. It means being somebody who can speak hard words sometimes, Right but doing it in a way that is loving. I worked for a guy. He could dress me down, and I felt good when he was done. You ever meet someone like that? Like somebody who just knows how to season their words and make it, like, and you're like, man, I, I'm doing the wrong thing, and I want to do better. That's what he's talking about. He's talking about being the kind of person who, who sounds like Jesus when they talk. And most of us aren't there. Some of y'all are, actually. I, I love people like that. Um, God is slowly changing us, and part of us, you know, we got to get up and go. Um, so Psalm 12, starting in verse 1, um, the very last psalm sermon for the summer. It's not even summer anymore. Um, for the director of music, according to Shemineth, the psalm of David. Um, Shemineth, real quick, um, is probably a musical term. It probably refers to how you tune a harp. Got it? Um, there are a bunch of these weird musical terms that have completely lost meaning over the course of the 3,000 years since this was written, all right? So, like, we don't know what it means. It probably means how you tune your harp, um, like where you put the capo. I think that's a thing back then. Um, <laughs> Help, Lord, for no one is faithful anymore. Those who are loyal have vanished from the human race. Now, David starts out writing, because it says a psalm of David. We know David wrote it. Um, no one's faithful anymore. Those who are loyal are gone from the human race entirely. Um, anybody ever feel that, by the way? Like the world catches fire around you and you're like, man, am I the only decent person left in the world? I rarely feel that way. Um, <laughs> um, this is where David is. David is in the spot where he is lonely and he is alone and he feels like everybody else is wrong and he is surrounded by people who are wrong and who are wicked and he is stuck. And he's like, God, what is going on? Where are you? Um, I can point to a number of times in my life I felt this way. Um, this is, I would argue, the antithesis of how you should feel in the body. 
right? Like, like in the body, we should be surrounded by people who love us and will hear us out and speak like good words to us and care for us. This is the way the body of Christ is supposed to be. And if it isn't, then like our job as individuals is to be that, right? Not to point at the other guy and say, hey, do better. It's to be that. Like, because if all of us just do that, it'll get better. Does that make sense? Um, so he is talking about the surrounding community. He says, hey, no one's right. No one's good. The human race has become evil. Um, we hear this kind of lament, like Elijah said this after he fights with the prophets of Baal. And he says, God, I'm the only faithful man left in Israel. And God says to him, nope, there are 10,000 more like you. What? 10,000? But he didn't know because he was stuck in this moment. Um, so, God, everyone's evil. Everyone lies to their neighbor. They flatter with their lips, but harbor deceptions in their hearts. A couple of interesting bits of Hebrew here. They flatter with their lips. The word lips there means like smooth talker or smooth mouth, right? You all ever meet anyone like that when they talk to you? They, they have compliments and they got nice things to say, and you're pretty sure they're about to sell you a car, right? <laughs> like... Like that, this is the kind of people, actually, I just read this fantastic book on food processing and like the processed food industry and how they use words to convince you to buy stuff. Real fruit juice. You know what that means? Like it could be a drop in the whole bottle and it's real fruit juice, right? Like that is smooth talking. That is, you know, or or don't you, that was a candy bar a few years ago. Don't you deserve a break today? You deserve this. And we deserve your money is more or less the idea. But, like, it is this flattering way of speaking that sort of alters your perception and manipulates you and twists you. And David is looking around. He's like, these people are out manipulating each other constantly. They're lying to each other. They're using their words to, like, control each other. It is this wicked way the world is. Deception. The word deception there in Hebrew means empty um, or, like, maybe a modern equivalent would be illusion. So they're putting out these fake versions of the world, right? And they're getting people to buy it. Um, I read, uh, I started making lunches for my kids for school. And I I was reading in that book about Lunchables. You know, they cost like $12. And and they they come with like crackers and cheese and they're not good. And I realized, hey, I could make that myself and it'd be better. Like one of the weird things about this product is it always came in a yellow box. And they researched it and they found that yellow boxes make working mothers – feel like they're giving their kids a gift. And so they put them in yellow boxes to convince them that they're giving their kids a gift by buying them Lunchables. So they don't feel guilty. That's a deception. That is an illusion used to sell a product. It is a lie, right? Because Lunchables aren't good. But also because, I mean, it's this straight-up manipulation, like buy this product. And like what David's talking about here is the way that people deal with each other, where they're using their words and they're using their interactions as a way of manipulating and a way of controlling and a way of self-serving. This would be the antithesis, the opposite, the other end of the spectrum from what Paul was talking about, which was speaking the in love, right? This is the opposite. This is speaking lies, saying what you have to say to get what you want. Um, and so David is railing against this. Um, Luke, jumping back to the words of Jesus, uh, no, good, no good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. I'm not a farmer, but if you plant apples, what do you get? You plant grapes, what do you get? Around here, nothing. Um, <laughs> if you're me, you get a pile of dirt. Anyway, 
you, you get what you plant, right? So no tree bears bad fruit. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Um, Jesus is brilliant and wise. And what he is saying is what comes out of your mouth is who you are. You ever hear somebody say, I I can't believe I said that. That's not me. Guess what? And I'm going to say in that to knock on people, I'm saying all folks, guys, all folks are, are, are capable of evil. We are all capable of sin. We are all capable of rebellion. We all are. You might say, but I'm better than that guy. And really what you're doing is deceiving yourself. Like it's, we're all bad. Like, and that's okay because God loves us anyway. And that's the awesome story of the gospel is that Jesus loves us even though we're bad. Even though sometimes we lie and even sometimes we lie to ourselves. Even though sometimes we hurt other people. God hates those things, but he loves us. Um, and again, Jesus died for that. Uh, Psalms continues, may the Lord silence all flattering lips and every boastful tongue. Some translations have, may God separate flattering lips and boastful tongues. Um, the idea is God shut up these people. Oh, is Abby not listening? Good. Cause I said, shut up. That's a bad word in our house. Um, and I said it again. Uh, what? After I said her name, boy, that is, yeah. See, words come right out. Um, <laughs> he's saying, God, all of these people are speaking this way. They're lying. They're mistreating. They're manipulating. They're stealing. They're, they're gossiping. They're doing all this stuff. Lord, shut their mouths. Make them stop. Um, those who say, by our tongues we will prevail. Prevail means strong, by the way. Um, by our tongues we'll prevail. By our tongues we'll win. We'll defeat everyone else. Our own lips will defend us. Who is Lord over us? Um, and there are folks who do this, right? Like who say, and the one that, that well, I'm not going to pick on an individual. I'll TV evangelists. These guys who, you know, if the Lord, if you give me $10 million, the Lord says I deserve an airplane and you guys are going to buy it for me, right? Like that. You know, guys who will brazenly say these awful things or take the name of the Lord and, like, put it on their cause. Or, you know, God loves it when, I mean, like, like you know, people who will take God's name or who will speak and, and steal from folks or whatever. Like, they, these people, um, what they're essentially saying in the core of who they are is, like, um, God, doesn't, God doesn't run us. I can do and I can say what I want and it's all right. Right? Um, and actually, if you jump all the way back to the book of Genesis, there's this great spot in the Garden of Eden where Eve is there, and he's, she's hanging out by this tree, and the serpent comes up, and the serpent says, hey, what's up with that tree? He says, oh, well, we're not supposed to eat off that tree because God said if we do, we will surely die. And the snake responds, now, wait a second. Did God really say don't eat off it? Did God really say that? Is that really what's going on here? Surely you know that if you eat off this tree, you'll just be like God then. And I mean, like, there's a core in that that's just like this lie, right? God isn't over me. I can say what I want. God isn't over me. I can steal from who I want. I can lie to who I want. I can manipulate who I want. I can do what I want. Sometimes, actually, I'm going to kind of add this in. Sometimes we do that to ourselves. Anybody ever lie to themselves about something? What I'm doing is okay. 
what I did is right. It's okay that I'm like being wrong in this way because that guy's worse. We've all done that one, right? I may be bad, but have you met so-and-so? Like, like where we start to convince ourselves that our own sin is not such a big deal because that guy's a real jerk. Um, in reality, what we're doing is we're talking ourselves into like, like ways of being, being okay. Um, and this is sort of the opposite of what God desires us to be. This is, we're drawn in a different direction. And the cool thing, I love Psalms because of stuff like this. Um, the last line of three to four is, who is God over us? No one is in charge of us. And then God responds, because the poor are plundered and the needy groan, I will now arise. This is a little like that moment in the sitcom where you're talking trash and you're like, oh my gosh, he's right behind me, isn't he? Right? Um, this is, this is that moment where God says, Hey, I hear the cries of the people that you're mistreating and I'm going to show up now. Um, I'll arise now. I will protect them from those who malign them. Um, there's a, a, like Psalms kind of throughout and actually throughout all old Testament theology, there's a special place that the poor and the helpless hold, um, and God is sort of like proclaims himself the protector of the helpless or the provider for the poor. And God responds here, I know what you're doing, folks. I know you're using your words to manipulate. I know you're gossiping. I know you're doing these things. Um, and now I'm here. And I'll protect them from those who malign them. Um, that's something to take seriously, right? Anybody ever gossip? Uh, my hand is up, by the way. You'll know. Like, I... <laughs> Really, there's like eight of us. Everybody else, man, way to go. Um, <laughs> I, gossip is one of those things, and especially in small towns, right? Like, gossip is bad. Anybody ever been gossiped about? That's awful. It's poison. Um, and it's a poison that can't just be, like, drawn out. Like, it is a, it is a real thing. Um, what we say is something we'll be held accountable for. Um, you know, those of us who are belonging, who belong to Jesus, like that's a huge deal because like we're, we're saved from that. Does that mean we can keep doing it? No, it means we have to take it more seriously. It means that the words that come out of our mouth reflect on who God is. It like impacts those around us. It is a big deal. God will protect those who are maligned, um, those who are mistreated. And the words of the Lord are flawless. Now, here's the contrast, because he talks about all the smooth talkers and these people who are lying and manipulating. And now he talks about God. And the words of the Lord are flawless, like silver, purified in a crucible, like gold, refined seven times. Now, when you would um, purify precious metals in the ancient world, you would melt them. And as you melted them, dross, dross would be the garbage, would rise to the top, and you would scoop it off. Right? So if I had a ball of gold about this big and it weighed this much, and I purified it, it would become more pure gold, but it would also become smaller. And so the tendency was to not have really pure metals if you could help it because it was expensive. Um, what God is saying seven times is excessive. Um, and actually seven is often associated with perfection in, in Hebrew writing. And so like probably what's going on here, he's saying the the, the Lord's words are absolutely pure. Um, when we talk about God's like, like words being purified in the fire, the fire that purifies God's words is his holiness, ultimately, right? Like God is so 
pure and good and set apart and like different that what he says is perfect and it is clean and it is awesome and it is a big deal that it's that way because he is not a god that lies to us we can't like take god's word and say oh well that must not be true right well god must be deceiving me or oh well this must be you know god was wrong when he said this or maybe you know this is i mean none of that like god's words are pure and he is open and like like um transparent about who he is like we can know god by his word and so when god says i'll protect the poor i'll hold people accountable who mistreat the poor he means that right when god says um you know through paul's words he says uh i'm convinced that neither height nor depth uh nor angels nor demons nor any power nor principality can separate us from the love of god in jesus christ that's the truth right like there's nothing that's going to separate you from jesus like love from that forgiveness like you can't screw up big enough that you can't go back and be forgiven that is amazing and it's a cool thing to know about god because then we can say what god says is true um hebrews gives us a great line for the word of the lord is alive and active sharper than any double-edged sword it penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit joints and marrow it judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart Nothing in all of creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of whom, or of him to whom we must give account. Now watch this. Have you ever listened to a sermon and then all of a sudden your toes started getting really sore? And you started thinking, that jerk is talking about me. I bet Eric knew something. I don't know anything. Got it? Like, <laughs> I say that unironically. Like, I have folks come up to me all the time and say, oh, well, you know, this really, like, this really poked at me. That's this, right? Because the word of God is powerful. It is pure. It is strong. And it will cut right through your nonsense. Years ago when I quit drinking and I quit being stupid and I started getting right with Jesus, I had this period of time, six weeks, where I read the Bible cover to cover. And I didn't watch TV and I didn't do anything for fun. I would come home from work. I would sit down and I'd read the Bible. And I got to the book of deuteronomy and the book of deuteronomy is all laws and i started reading and i'm like oh wow i'm the worst person in the whole world and like every other thing i read just like bam cut right through me right like like you ever chop down a tree with a really sharp axe and it just kind of goes right through it that that is the word of god like if we really pay attention to the word of god if we really know the word of god if we really fill ourselves with it it just cuts us right to the core and it's actually a hurt that is fantastic because it begins to heal us in very unique and wonderful ways and it comes with it a promise that jesus died for all that stuff like i may be an awful person but jesus died for me i may say stupid things that's another word i don't think i'm supposed to say um (laughs) But Jesus still died for me. I may blow it. I may, uh, you know, in the moment I may do the wrong thing. I may cower sometimes. I may screw up. Jesus died for me. And the same, same, same is true for you. And he did it so that you could become different. So you could become like this person who speaks the truth in love and is the voice of Jesus to those you encounter. You, Lord, will keep the needy safe. I think this is the last of Psalms here. and We're going to jump into James and we'll be done. Um, you lord will keep the needy safe you will protect us forever from the wicked who free who freely strut about when excuse me when what is vile is honored by the human race so says god you'll protect us and you'll take care of us and like the wicked will be kind of put aside and they're out there they're proud of the nonsense they're doing 
they're honored by humanity, like for being these wicked, evil people. And you can look around right now, like half the half of the public figures in our world are people who say and do awful things and are praised by those who love them for doing it. Isn't it true? Um, and the reality is that these people are not guiltless and that God protects us from those folks. Sometimes we wish he'd do it faster. Sometimes we wish he'd do it louder. Sometimes we wish he'd pull fireballs down from the sky like he did for Elijah, but that ain't what we're getting right now. Um, our job is to speak the truth in love. Speak the truth in love. In love. Um, and that is our job. Like when it comes to the guy next to you, look at the guy next to you. Look at the guy on the other side of you. Look at the guy in front of you. Look at the guy nobody's looking. I, this is a real instruction. Like. <laughs> Wow. (laughs) Look at the folks around you, folks. Look around. Look around. I will bet you, I'll bet you $100 you cannot find somebody who has not walked into this room at some time in the last few years with a weight on their shoulders or feeling lonely, right? Or with a sin that's torturing them so bad they can't get to sleep at night or with some sort of shame, or embarrassed that they're here because they feel inadequate, or whatever. I mean, the people around you walk in the door, and these are people who need to know the truth and love. And that truth is, like, God loves you. God loves you so much that he does all the work on your behalf to make you right with him. Like, and we love you. Like, because you're part of us. Like, like that is the best gift you can possibly get. It is a truth that we're to toss out. Um, we're not to strut about and to gossip and to say, look at how awful those guys are. Look at how clumsy Eric is. Yeah, I bet he broke his TV glasses. Look at, <laughs> look at, you know, look at that guy. Or can you believe he said that? Or can you believe this happened? Or can you believe that happened? Or can you believe this person had the gall to show up in church after they were so wicked before or whatever? Like, we love, we forgive, and we are Jesus to each other. That's your job. Look at the people around you one more time. Those are your target. Got it? James, oh my gosh, I love me some James. You too, beardless James, but also the, the James that wrote this. Um, James 3, 3 to 12, you want to feel really sore on your feet, read James once a day for a month. Um, when we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. I don't know anything about horses, but I'm assuming that's a piece of metal you jam in the horse's mouth and it makes the horse turn, Right? Is that's about it? I like the Phillipses over there are horse people and nobody's even responding. They're all looking at me like I'm a. Hey, you handle your animals the way you handle them. <laughs> or take a ship as an example. Although they're, they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a, great, what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue is also a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and it is itself set on fire by hell. We're going to hit pause here. Anybody ever say one dumb thing and all of a sudden the whole house is on fire? Right? And like you're thinking, why did I say that? I wish I could just call it back, but words are like rocks. Once you let go of them, they don't come back. 
unless somebody picks it up and throws it back at you, but that's a whole other conversation. Um, guys, as the body of Christ, as the church, our job is to watch our mouths. It is a huge deal. And I am saying this as the guy most guilty in this room. I got the biggest microphone. I say the biggest dumb things. I do. And I'm sorry when I do it. And if you let me know I'm wrong, I will, like, repent of it, and I'll try and make it right. Like, that is my job. Like, and that is who I am. Like, I will do my best. It is, it is a great blessing. It is a great curse. Um, the reality is that, that what we say is going to make the big difference. When we praise the other guy so he can get up and keep going. When we encourage. When we go to someone and say, you know what? You said this. That's I, John is one of those people I love. If you want to, like, meet a guy who is as honest and pure and awesome as you're going to find, and his wife rolls her eyes, um, John is a guy, if I say the wrong thing or I do something done, John will pull me aside, sit me down in my office and say, this is what you said and i got a problem with it. And here's what the Bible says about it and this is why I disagree. That is speaking the truth in love. Right? Um, that is what God calls us to do. There are a few people in this room that have done that for me and I'm thankful for it every time it happens. Because... I worked at a church for a little while where um, we had somebody come and visit, and they attended Sunday school, and then they left before church. And I pulled them aside later in the week, and I said, hey, you, you didn't stay for church. And they said, yeah. I sat down in Sunday school, and the Sunday school teacher told me all about how the pastor was the worst person in the world. And I decided that I don't know what this Christianity thing is, but I don't want that in my life. The words you say will impact the people around you. I had a very good guy I knew who found Jesus and started going to church. And he was in a small group with somebody who said nasty things to him every time he showed up. And he said, yeah, I love Jesus, but I think I'm not going to go to church because I don't need that in my life. Hear what I'm saying? I, I, I hope to God that I don't drive people away with the words I say. I really do. Like I pray about that just about every Sunday. Um, folks, the words we say to the folks around us, the words we say to somebody who's struggling, the words we say to, to people who who need Jesus. They change their lives. Um, I started going to church years ago. I was in junior high, and I went to a church picnic, and the people there were so loving toward me, and they said such nice things. I was like, I don't even care what this is. I want it. Right? Changed the course of my life. And it was, it was dumb, because like one guy pulled me aside, and he's like, oh, we don't really know yet, and this person's a little, like, gruff. I'm sorry if they – and I'm like, whatever. I love this place. I'm, you know, I don't even – they apologized to me for not being nice enough. It was insane. Um, but that's what I wanted. Like, and people out there are dying for this. You don't believe me. Sit down with a young person, a young boy, and tell him you're proud of him. Do it once. Just once, and you will see a world of difference. Um, all kinds of animals, birds, lizards, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. This is a very like hellfire and brimstone kind of passage. Um, with the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth comes praises and curses. My brother and sisters... This should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water, thank you very much, flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, neither can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs. That's better. Um, neither can, salt, can a salt spring produce fresh water. My question, my challenge to you this week, as you walk out the door, right, understand you are walking out the door a part of the body of Christ and everybody knows who you are, right? 
Are you a freshwater spring for folks? Like, are you, are you a thorn bush? Like, what's coming out of your mouth? How do you reflect Jesus? When you sit down with your family later and you say, man, that guy, talking about the guy you looked at when you looked around the room, are, are you dumping out poison? Like, do you reflect Jesus in the words you say? Are you Jesus when you offer advice, when you talk to someone who looks down or is stressed out or whose home life is disintegrating? Like, who are you? Like, and if you are not Christ in these situations, if you're not speaking life, speaking the truth and love, like, what do you need to do to become that? For me, I had to find people who would hold me accountable. I hate being held accountable. I'm going to be honest about that. But I got like four people who show up to church here regularly who are willing to pull me aside and say, you really need to catch hold of yourself now, right? And they'll call me out on the words I say. It's a big deal. Like, you might need someone like that. You might need to pray about things before you talk. You might need to figure out who you hate and figure out how to serve them and love them and pray for them. Whatever it is, like, this is our primary job, right? Become like Jesus. Speak the truth in love. Be Christ to the world. We'll pray, and I'll let you go. I know I'm a little long today, but I'm not sorry. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would be with us. I pray that you would help us to to speak the truth in love, whether we're speaking it to other folks, whether we're convincing ourselves of who Jesus is and who we are in Christ. Help us to speak honestly and openly and reflect reflect you. Um, Help us to be people who, Lord, we can't tame our tongues, but I pray that you would tame our tongues for us, that your spirit would fill our words, and that, that they would never come back empty. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a good Sunday, folks.